Hi, everybody. I'm Harry, and I am an adult child of alcoholics, and I'm uh, very, very happy to be here tonight. Um, I need to be here tonight. I need to be here tonight because so much is going on in my life in the, in the world, and um, I'm being triggered left and right. But by the grace of this program, I'm able to uh, deal with it and, um, in ways that I couldn't even imagine just a few months ago. Um, I figured I'd give a quick qualification and then talk about um, Chapter 8, which is about the loving parent, the solution. And because um, it's very current in my recovery right now. Um, so let's see, I grew up, I was born in 1963. I'm 57 years old. I was born into a family that already had four girls. Uh, my parents were married. Uh, my dad was a police officer and uh, eventually police chief. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And she was taking care of a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and a seven-year-old when I was born. So uh, things were already written in, in stone for me as far as, uh, as, far as neglect. And uh, it's, I, I just have so much compassion for my mom because my wife and I, we have six children, and I understand the, how overwhelming life can be. Uh, but the bottom line is I was, I was definitely neglected. Uh, my mother was a raging alcoholic, um, the daughter of an alcoholic. And my father was a great guy, but boy, did he, I know he had no problem leaving the house, um, and working, working many jobs. Turns out years later, we figured out that, um, my dad had been having affairs on my mom for, for decades and she was able to tolerate it. She knew what was going on. Uh, a lot of the pain came back directed at us kids. Um, I was pretty close to my, my nearest sister who was just two years older than me. Uh, my, my middle sister became uh, a mini mom. You know, she was just like our mother and still is to this day, unfortunately. And that's why I'm glad I'm here because the other day she triggered me. Um, and I'm just, I'm really glad that I'm, I'm in recovery. I recently worked through the steps of ACA and um, through AA also, um, and also uh, the Section Love the Addicts Anonymous program for a love addiction. Um, the reason I need a loving parent is because I can't, I can't, I still can't figure this out on my own. Uh, even if I make a phone call or two a day, I make my meetings, still I, I need to be that loving parent for myself. And so I figured I would talk about the, uh, the part of meditation uh, and the, the impact that's a great tool for me, uh, especially right now. Um, getting back to my shortcomings, it's, it was no, it was no, there was no problem, uh, writing on my, my step six, you know, um, I was filled with rage when I got sober in AA, I was a raging dry alcoholic. Um, but I was a volcano. So my kids grew up with the same nonsense that I grew up with. Um, when I would lose control when I went, when I couldn't take the stress, I would rage at my children and demand perfection um, and show no patience at all with them, even at a young age, um, which is still the hardest part of the program for me is working through uh, the sadness, the grief that I feel for my children. Even though I've made my amends, it's a continuing amends that I make. It's, um, I, I always suffered from a low self-esteem, but it wasn't always down. It was always somewhere on a roller coaster and a roller coaster sometimes with a twist. And um, sometimes I would be fine. Other times, again, through stress, through a feeling of abandonment, I would really, really um, 
have a lot of problems with my self-esteem. When it came to other men, I was always challenged. Just meeting another guy would be a challenge for me because I would have to quickly inflate my, my self-esteem, my self-image to, to match or surpass the other guy. When it came to girls, I was almost love avoiding. I didn't know how to talk to girls. And uh, um, it, 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 a lot of that came from the isolation. So when I was the youngest kid, I was able to escape uh, in that family. We had a backyard and we had a bunch of trees. And that's where I went to escape. And I would get the hell out of the house and escape. And then we would build forts with my buddies down the street who were also children of alcoholics. And we would we would make awesome forts and we would, you know, from the age of probably five to 15, we were making forts. Then we made tree forts. Then I would climb the trees to the toppest branch and um, scare my mother to death. But it was always, a, it was always an attempt to escape the pain and uh, that I carried with me through my life. And I thought when I got older, left the house, I was, I was cured. Like I'm, it's okay. Those things are fine now. But the, the reality is I, I carry this, this low self-esteem uh, with me all the time. And my false self came out, uh, you know, I'm an alcoholic. So when I was drinking, I did the dumbest things, the most embarrassing things. Um, through my step four and five, I was able to see how, how um, almost I didn't have a chance, uh, born of German and Irish immigrants, um, because so much of this is genetic. Um, but I'm going to get to the good stuff now. I think I think I've painted a, a good enough picture for you to see what what, uh, what I've been living with. I, I just love ACA. All right, I came into ACA 15 months ago for real, for real. Um, I was introduced to it in uh, you know 1994. My sister called me, who was working the ACA program, and she said, "You got to read this book on ACOA." So of course there was no internet back then. So I ran to the library, took out a book, read it. And I was like, oh my God, how do they know about my family? How do they, how do they know? Uh, who the hell wrote this book? You know, did they, did they watch me the entire time? Um, and then my second thought was, holy smokes, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic. So I did, uh, a few years later, I was able to work up the courage through a lot of prayer to get into, ACE, to, uh, into AA. And uh, again, I, I was able to recover there. But it, it didn't touch the stuff that, I, that I'm working on now in ACA. I've worked through the steps with my, my therapist is a wonderful sponsor also. Uh, and she introduced me to the inner child before I even knew what it was. Um, imagining parts of my life, parts of my young life and being able to reach out and, uh, connect. And, uh, that is, it's like a, uh, it's an ongoing thing. It's, it keeps growing and growing and growing. And there's a part of me that is a little anxious about it still. Um, in the sense that it's overwhelming love. Um, I, I keep using the affirmation I'm worthy of unconditional love, but I think there's a part of my subconscious that still wants to hold it off, wants to, you know, that might be a little bit overwhelmed by that. And so that's, of course, one of the shortcomings that I'm working on right now is um, my higher power wants me to have recovery. My higher power does not want me to live with a low self-esteem, a low self-image, because that always turns around and is directed back in at me. And then, of course, my family, my wife, my children, my neighbors, my coworkers, people on the street. Um, I was definitely Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And uh, when people heard that I had a temper, they were like, what? Harry has a temper. And uh, yeah, I have a, I have a 
very vicious temper. Um, but when I got into this room, when I got into ACA, um, I stopped raging. It, it stopped right away because I was finally able to feel at home. I, was, I felt at home with my real siblings, um, my real siblings. Um, I consider this a, a love affair now. And uh, this love affair is not just with my higher power, it's with my inner children. And uh, my young Harry is probably five. My next Harry is probably about nine or 10, then 15, 16, and then 20, 23, 30, um, probably about 45, and then 50, 56 when I got into this program. So I have a lot of inner children that I work with. And um, the hardest part about understanding the solution is you, I had to learn how to quiet down the critical parent. So for the loving parent to emerge, to develop, I have to continue to to silence the critical parent. But it only happens with the love of my higher power. Um, what I started doing, which is going to be probably in prayer and meditation, was tell mom you love her. And so when I would hear the self-damaging, the self-sabotage, the self-judgment, I would just say, I love you, mom. I love you, dad. And then if it was one of my sisters, I would say, I love you, sis. And it doesn't matter if that criticism came from, if I was triggered by some stranger on the street or wherever, but it was, it was always going back to my childhood. Um, and so it is a program of love. It's a, it's, it's a deeply, deeply spiritual program for me. Um, that's how I silence the critical parent, which is always waiting for an opportunity for me to, uh, or waiting for an opportunity to, to speak up again. And that's why um, talking to friends in the house, talking to uh, people in the meetings, that's where I'm able to, uh, that's where I'm able to, to, to keep that alive, that, that really important tool. Um, like I said, my, my therapist helped me with understanding the inner child and meditation. And a lot of this come also, my shortcoming of, of fantasy actually is a tool now because it's actually uh, meditation. I'm able to use the same, the same technique in proper, med proper meditation. So when I was a kid, when I was a young man, I would fantasize. Uh, pornography was introduced to me at probably the age of 15. And with the internet, it got worse. Uh, and, but it was very inconsistent. Um, just like my alcoholism was, was up and down. Um, but the point is the, the fantasy can be used now as pure meditation, uh, learning to discover my loving parent. Um, my loving parent knows how to hug. My loving parent knows how to hug my inner child. And, um, Real quick, um, the inner child can throw people off. It threw me off for a while, but I know there's an inner child because um, I was in the middle of a workshop one time on my inner children. And after I got done the workshop, I was just making notes, and my inner child basically threw himself in front of in front of me and said, "Thank you so much for visiting me." And uh, of course, that I bawled my eyes out. Um, because of the deep loneliness that I've suffered from. And then about six months into the program, I was, I was, I was in the kitchen. It was quiet in the morning and, uh, 
I was just grateful that this program was helping me recover. And I could feel my inner child just run up and hug me from behind, uh, like a little kid does. They just throw themselves at you. And um, so now I try to hug each one of my inner children. And um, it took a while to get used to, but I, 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 I adore it now because, you know, that's me. That's my inner child is me. It's my soul. It's my soul of 57, 58 years. Um, so all that is me. So it's, it's a matter of loving loving myself, which is very new to me. Um, I practice this meditation on a frequent basis. When I first started doing it, I thought, I'll do it at nighttime, or I'll do it in the morning, or I'll do it when it's quiet, because it's rarely quiet in my house sometimes. And now it's more of a, a, just a regular thing. I just have to have a vision in my mind of my inner child, in which I use old pictures of myself and my family to help me meditate. Um, I use moments of when my children would would just show their love back to me, and I use that also to show that I was I was a good parent even through a lot of this this crap that I brought to them. Two minutes. And um, so I use those moments where they hug me, they love me, they told me they love me. I use those moments as reinforcement with my loving parent, because my my loving parent is incredibly constructive. My loving parent, I know I know I hear my loving parent when. Uh, he is constructive. He's not destructive. Constructive, always giving the model, always giving a vision of what sobriety means to me. And so I try to envision my afternoons. Like in the morning, I'll wake up and envision just till lunchtime. And I'll envision how my, my day, my morning's going to be a sober day. And I'm going to meditate and I check in with my, my inner child. And I try to listen to which one wants to have, which one wants to talk to me right now. And sometimes it is the, um, my teenager, sometimes it's my grown adult who's 40, 45. And sometimes it's my five-year-old. Um, another great meditation I have is just hanging out. So I go up into the tree fort with my inner child. He's probably eight or nine years old, and I just hang out. And I look down at the ground, look down at different things, and um, we just hang out. Because it's in the presence of my youngest inner child that I, my loving parent really learns the most. He learns about boundaries, uh, the boundary of love from the higher power, because the higher power is present with my inner child. So as I approach my inner child, um, any one of them, my higher power is present. And I have to recognize that boundary and it's because it's pure love and pure mercy and pure humor and pure trust and pure dignity. And uh, so those are the models that I try to uh, try to I try to bring to my recovery. But again, this week I've been triggered left and right. Um, it's certainly not an easy thing to do on a regular basis. But it's like I said, um, real quick, just to mention the Big Red Book, um, chapter eight, page two ninety nine. It talks about awakening the loving parent inside, and um, these are just great techniques on top of the meditation. But the meditation is something that I can do anytime, any place, at any moment. Um, and I know it's my loving parent because my loving parent is present at the moment. My loving parent never thinks about what happened, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Time. And my, my loving parent doesn't really get anxious about tomorrow or the next day. My loving parent is right here in this moment. Um, and in, in this moment with you. And that's, that's what I take from these meetings too, the, the respect and the boundaries that I feel in, uh, in especially an ACA uh, meeting. 
Um, that's all I had. And the beautiful thing about being a loving parent is that I can take time with it, you know? Um, when I was raising my kids, I had to have a solution right away. Get this done, this, that, and the other thing. Feel your feelings, all this other stuff. There was always pressure, pressure, pressure. But the loving parent somehow is able to stabilize things and just stay present in the moment, really, really well-grounded. Um, and I know it's my higher power. Uh, all, the, all that courage, all the wisdom, all the strength comes from my higher power. It's not, it's not mine. It's something so much greater than me. Uh, but it's by allowing my heart to be open to it. Um, it continues to grow. So, so with that, I want to, I want to thank you for letting me share. And, um, and that's all I have. Thank you.